Hello everybody, thanks for tuning into the show. Today I'm going to be talking to Debbie Eastwood about how to get busy living and to choose life. My name is Chris Sutton, this is Mental Conversation. I'm not sure I can be so absent-minded Take a good look, take no notice, don't be blinded If I can cut it out, free from doubt or shouting Hi Debbie. Okay. Thank you for coming into the studio. Um, it's pretty plush, as you can see. Grand. Yeah, very grand. <laughs> um, so we were put in touch with each other by um, someone who's actually been on the podcast a couple of times, Lucille. Um, and she had mentioned to me that you have like an approach towards life that's quite interesting. And, and I was just fascinated and wanted to talk to you about it. So is that, uh, does that sound all right? Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. So, so tell me a bit about the... The approach. I know you're a well-being practitioner, but what's what's your your approach? Okay, um, so yeah, I wear many hats really. Um, as in, in the past, I've kind of been into admin, office management, um, a teacher, um, but a big life shift into becoming a yoga instructor um, and then a, a life coach as well. Um, and both of those things combined have meant that I think I look at life quite unusually. Okay, because I have a the, the practicalities of life coaching, which can be trained and, you know, sort of, there's a, the, there can be a format to, mm-hmm. but I throw a real curved ball into mine because I bring a lot of yoga philosophy into it. Oh, wow. Okay. So, See, so I, I, know you, I know I told you this a little bit just before we press play, but so I do yoga and yeah. I'm a big fan of yoga and the, the benefits of just taking that time for yourself and mm-hmm. taking that time, you know, physically and mentally. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so... I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah. So so what so how do you do that? How do you blend those things? Then? I think it's more that rather than looking at life coaching as a, a, a one particular thing. So you know, for example, somebody wants to change their career, mm-hmm. or there is um, a specific course of life that they want to go down. But it's 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 still kind of quite finite. I my coaching asks, what does your heart want? Oh well, okay. So that's the that's the starting point, right? So it's not about um, something that might ultimately result in being a tick in a box. Yes, I managed to do that. Yeah, and yeah, you know, don't get me wrong. All those things are lovely. You know, having you know a good career and, and the money to live these days is essential, unfortunately. But um, you know, we, we don't trade much anymore. It's it's interesting because I, so I've been to a life coach. Okay, and um, I, it's great because any time I get any kind of therapist, and I've usually had a go. <laughs> <laughs> at, some, at some point um, and it's good I practice on myself kind of thing but anyway I um, I went to a life coach and, and it was really interesting she was a very very nice lady um, as I was working through the, the course it was like 15 sessions I had right um, and it was it was every fortnight so it lasted quite a long time mm-hmm. you know six months or so mm. um, and at the end I was I actually was thinking well what's changed there but we looked back at what we'd set at the beginning and actually, you know, I could tick most of those things, mm. but they were very practical things. It, right, you know, okay. it, it was like, um, you know, I was just going through separation with you know, a relationship at the time and it was about finding somewhere to live. And then it was about yeah. working out what access I would have to my children and things like that. So very important things, Absolutely. but they were yes. practical, you know, but they weren't like, um, um, I mean, 
heart things in terms mm. of what I wanted out of life in that mm. sense. Mm. So I'm intrigued about but that. But I think that that's, that it depends where we're at. Because at points in our lives, we have we need practical guidance. We yeah. need someone to be on our, our side. We need someone to keep us... Um, in check and get us to actually do the things that we really need to do and yeah. you know and it's very easy when particularly we're going through something traumatic to to collapse into that mm. so having somebody you know often it can be a really good friend that can do that but if, if that's not part of your network or it's not a choice you wish to make mm. then a practical approach can still be incredibly yeah, productive yeah. so it's it's not um it's, it's, I find coaching a really interesting thing, actually, because I've had people that have come in and booked three, uh, booked six sessions, and in three sessions we've said, we've, we've done it. Right, That's okay. It. And I've had other people that I've worked with for a lot longer than either of us imagined because they wanted to keep going. Okay, Because yeah. there was more things coming up. Yeah. And you often find that, you know, that's... So how do you... So with the heart, with the heart stuff, um, yeah. Like I can imagine, if I went to um, I, if I went to a session and was started talking about that, I might find it quite difficult to open up. Mm-hmm. Do you find that to be something that happens? Do you you must have techniques, I suppose. Yeah, but... you do, and you have questioning that kind of draws the mind into those kind of bigger picture things. Yeah. But often, people, I think, all of us really are looking for that that magic button, that thing that says, this is what I'm here for, this is how I can be useful. Yeah. Um, I've heard a, a wonderful phrase that I'd not heard before quite recently, which asks, what is your medicine for the world? Oh, wow, I love it. Love and that, it. that to me is just, you know, that because that says you have something to give, which yeah. I truly believe we all do, yeah, yeah. something unique, something that no one else is doing, even if they're doing something similar, they're not doing it like you do it. Yeah, they have, absolutely. They're not bringing your conditioning and your upbringing and your life circumstances and all your experience and wisdom, it's a different path. Interestingly, though, with that, that's does that take it... Um, I think giving is something that people... that is kind of becoming more and more well-known to be something that's really good for you. You know, the, 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 that yeah. you're here actually to, to give something back and that actually giving something back helps you mm-hmm. as well. But... Um, when you have people come through your door, do they do they find that something that's new to them? Is that something that Some happens do. often? Some do because they're so busy firefighting, you know, often mental, emotional yeah. difficulty. Well, I can imagine that a lot of people, and I'm again talking about myself when I was really struggling with poor mental health. Yeah, I would think I've got nothing. Yeah, I would absolutely. think I've got nothing for the world. Absolutely. So I'm looking for medicine. Yes, so it's really interesting yeah. that that tonic is switched on its head kind of thing yeah. as, you know, what medicine can you bring yeah. to the world? But, that, but I think for me as well, it's about balance. So it's never that we should always only be giving out. Yeah, yeah. That, that is, I think that's a fundamental issue sometimes um, where people are naturally very giving and that is what ends up draining them. Yeah, because they've forgotten that in order to keep giving, in order, you know, even though that's that's I, I'm made that way. Yeah, I'm quite a giving person. I can give my time. I, you know, if I haven't got you know practical things to do, I will just lend an ear, or I'll you know if I can do something practically, I'll I'll make space to do that when really I shouldn't. Yeah, um, because I've got other things that are priorities, um, and it's about bringing that back to say yes, but we have to give to ourselves too, mm-hmm. and we have to make sure that the giving is making us feel happy yeah we're not giving 
to either gain something mm-hmm. or just for a pat on the back or, or, or that sense so of... So giving for the right reasons. Yeah, you know, life will treat me better because I give something. It's, yeah, I, uh, no, I agree. I, I think <clears throat> um, sometimes it's when you do something inadvertently, you, you realise there's been a payoff, but you didn't actually... Mm. That wasn't that wasn't Why your motivation in any way, Absolutely. shape or form. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I completely get that. So it is... But having said that, once you've done that a few times and you realise these things happen, then actually it kind of promotes it and it kind of encourages you to be more like that in your, in nature, doesn't it? In Absolutely. your nature. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah, I, That's I agree. That's a bit of a universal synchronicity, you see, for me. Okay. That's kind of, you know, the, the minute you start to walk down the path that you're meant to walk down, that the connections begin to, to, to come together. Yeah, okay. It's that, I think, that often... Um, holds us back somewhere, whether it is that I, I don't think I've got anything to offer type mm. of thing because of where you know where we're at ourselves, yeah. or whether it is that you know sadly for some of us we've been told that you know there is yeah. no point, you absolutely know, we're not worthy, yeah. And why would we think that we could have something that someone else would benefit from? So how do you? Because um, you because it's uh, what's your email address? It's choose life, isn't it? Is, it? Yes, I love that. I just love that. I mean, it, I'm sure you get this all the time. It made me think train spotting. Of course, but, yeah, and it was done but, long before then, actually. But it? actually, that's a great thing because it's such a it's a positive. It is. So, yes. I, so you know, even though that was the first thing that came into my head, I yeah. was like, yeah, I like that because, you know, you're not choosing um, necessarily mundane or you're choosing heartfelt. Yeah. So, so how, so like. Could you tell me a little bit about that and how you kind of... Yeah, it's a matter, I think it's a matter of working mostly with people's belief system. Yeah. And where that got created. And the fact that for the vast majority of us, particularly I think into, well into adulthood for, for most of us, we don't look at it, we don't question it, we just carry it around with us like a big weight. Yeah. And then one day something just breaks. Yeah. And, and you know, you, you either face it yourself or you fall and someone picks you up and helps you to face it. Hmm. Um but again, yoga philosophy would say that we, we have to turn toward. So if we if we keep avoiding, yeah. it just keeps coming with us. It's only when we turn toward and we start to look at what we're afraid of. And, and naturally, we're you know it's, it's okay to be afraid. Scary, That's built into it? our you know survival yeah. mechanism. The interesting thing is, I think it's quite hard. It's it's quite a groundbreaking thing for some people, for a lot of people if not everybody, mm-hmm. when you first understand that. Yeah. When you first understand that actually you can challenge everything. Yes. You know, there is the, there is the possibility of challenging everything. Yeah. So I am, um, uh, I hate actually describing myself like a set state, but like I do have anxiety, you know, I, I, I'm, um, in, or in a state, I'm in a state of anxiety quite a lot of the time. And, um, but... There are things, there are aspects of that that I am able to challenge, you know. But but that becomes the really that's the really difficult bit for me mm. is to look at something and think, well, hang on, other people look at this differently and react differently, you know. Mm. Why am I? So I don't know it might be we've just met for the first time. Yeah. I might be really anxious about meeting someone for the first yeah. time. And actually, I'm quite happy meeting new people, but. Mm. But I am, but other people might be, that might be terrifying. Yeah, exactly. But the same thing is happening. 
So when someone meets Debbie Eastwood, mm-hmm. they've got, I can tell now, firsthand, I found out 10 to 15 minutes ago, you've got nothing to worry about, you know? <laughs> but some people would still be anxious. Of course they would. So their belief yeah, system, that belief of, oh, it's someone new. Uh, because something way back will have triggered the idea that, that there is more likely something wrong with themselves, mm. not the person that they're likely to meet. Yes, absolutely. And I think the thing is there as well, we're not we're not really fully taught that we still have a choice. So if we meet someone and they make us anxious, we turn and walk away. Yeah. You know, we do not have to stay somewhere that feels really uncomfortable if if we can sense that there's a genuine reason for feeling uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But it's the the questioning the belief and the and the looking at the habit as well because habits another factor for for everybody yeah. you know it's it's really it's much easier and, and and sort of a softer life to to be able to just go along with things even though it really inside we're going oh, we shouldn't keep doing that well and where like you said where that belief came from yeah. is you know could be one like or, and often is one point in time yes um, very you know, much. this is a really strange example but I was driving um, up to Scotland last weekend and I was going through all these fields and they were yet bright yellow mm. fields. And I said to um, the person I was with, oh, you know, I didn't realise this part of the country grew so much mustard. And they started laughing at me. And I was like, what? It's, and they were like, it's rapeseed. And I was like, no, it's mustard. And they were like, well, no, it's rapeseed. So I was Googling it and all sorts. And, like, and they were laughing. They thought I was joking, actually. And I was like, no, my dad would always say, look at the mustard fields. Right. Now, like, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming mustard fields are yellow as well. But I just assumed all yellow fields were mustard. Right. And the person I was with thought I was joking. Like, literally, yeah. to that point, well, that's a belief that's come from... A, I know it's not a mental health belief, but that is a belief that's come from a point in time that I've Absolutely. kept with me. It's a really good example. Not even realising. Yeah. And it's... Doesn't really matter yeah. unless I went to try and make mustard out of rapeseed. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, it's... you'd be making an awful lot of mustard as well. <laughs> yeah, but like, whole field. yeah, I was thinking, who knew Northumberland was so big on mustard? <laughs> but like, but, but you know, so it's one of those things. But you can you can equate that to your yeah, own, you, can. you know, where you've got some of your, yeah. um, you know, unhelpful beliefs about yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I had a, a, an experience in childhood in, in uh, junior school um, where I my my closest friend in school was the most popular kid in, in the year group um, and we got on great so that was nice for me you know yeah. but but the one occasion when we fell out you know as children do yeah. um, all of my year group apart from one other girl took her side wow. and left me kind of with this one friend um, and then they did something reasonably unpleasant by bringing me a crown of daisies and telling me that I was really quite ugly. Oh. Um, and I carried that for decades oh, yeah. in, in little ways in the back of my head thinking that that can't be true because what makes their judgment okay, but still feeling the, the sadness and the, and the loss somehow yeah. of, of that. And, and as an adult, I've processed that and realised there were children. We were all children, and children do cruel things sometimes yeah, without yeah, meaning yeah. to, you know. Uh, yeah, but, but it's that kind of thing that you you, you know rationally but and why, logically. But why do we grab hold of the negative so much easier than the positive? Because we're conditioned to. It's crazy, We're though, conditioned it? to, and as, as, you know, if we go back to our kind of 
you know, lizard brain state, mm. you know, in order to survive, in order to protect ourselves, we had to always be on the lookout for the problems. Always looking at risk. Yeah, always looking at the negatives. You know, is that is that tree over there really a tree or is it some is something hiding behind it that's going to come out and chase and eat me? Yeah. You know, do I need, can I, can I lie down and rest? Do I need to run? Yeah. Is, uh, so, yeah, I mean, that, that so, makes sense. So it's in our kind of physiology, you know. I, I, personally, I believe that we do store our emotions in our body not just mentally mm-hmm. um, so I think our tissues store yeah. trauma yeah. as well um, okay. so then if you haven't worked to release that trauma for which yoga is one mechanism you know I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about how good for us yoga is yeah, but I yeah. wouldn't say it's the only thing because you know it depends what works for each of us as well well interestingly the the episode of the podcast that's coming out um, on Monday so by the time people listen to this it will be a couple of weeks ago um, is where is the unconscious mind? Right. Um, and we talked about you know um, neurons and like the fact how many you have in your stomach yeah. and your heart. Yeah. There's stomach, heart, and head. You know, and then all the terminology that goes with it. Oh, heart felt. Absolutely. And you know, yeah. oh, you know, I was sick to my stomach and yeah. all of those. Felt it in my gut. Yeah, exactly. Because, gut feeling. Because you've got a lot of sensors in there that, that you know there's as much. and and the you know the immune system. Yeah, you know it's it's a phenomenal part of us that we've only recently begun to really fully microbiome yeah. and stuff. I've yeah. had a podcast about that as well. Yeah. I have to go back and listen. I need to go back and listen to my, to, to Kim Adams who was on talking about that again. Yeah. So so your so your kind of outlook it's a very positive one for one thing. It is. You know, I, I I'm not um, unreasonably so. I think that's what I would say. You know, either for myself, I'm not saying that I'm always, you know, a happy, smiley. No, no. And I'm not um, a fairy godmother and can fix things either, you know, and I don't want to be. I genuinely do not have the idea that it's my my place to fix people. Well, the fact of coaching, so coaching is very much, if I'm not mistaken, about asking questions so that the person kind of explores it and comes up with their own solutions, which is the most powerful way as well, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. If I were to tell you, to do something and you went to do it yeah. and it did or didn't work you would have a, a, a connection back to me with that response oh, yeah yeah but I would do it because I wouldn't want to get in trouble but yeah <laughs> <laughs> that might just be that might just be me <laughs> but, but of course you know it's not it, the, the the power is in each of our own hands yeah you know our, our minds are you know wherever in the body that, that but that from, but. so that's something you you must get across to people as well then yeah. so yeah I'm really interested in the heart thing. Then, is there what else can you tell me about the? Because I like I like coaching. I've been coached by um, someone before, and it does. I do find it very effective. I've used that style in talking to people in terms of a work environment. Okay. But the heart, the heart bit of it, and particularly that your the choose life and kind of. Um, I called it get busy living when I emailed you, I think. <laughs> you did, yes. It was like, you know, as in, don't get to the end of your life and, and hold loads of regrets. No, absolutely. But that's a huge thing, isn't it? So how do Massive, you... What, yeah. so, so tell me some of the things that you might do with... Okay, I mean, I think it's, it's probably a good time to say that that's an area that I'm moving into yeah. very much at the moment. So yeah. what I've produced, written and produced, um, is a, a workshop, a day's workshop, where in the morning we look at... Facing our fear around dying, which is which is a huge thing, particularly in our Western culture. Funnily enough, not not so not all um, always so. You know, I've got friends in Greece, I've got friends in Spain, and some parts of the Mediterranean still have a very 
open discussion about those things, that you know, there's an acceptance and a, and a reality to it. But for some reason over here, we seem to have closed that down. And I discovered that um, a lot of the major Royal College of Surgeons, a lot of the major charities... Um, were, were crying out and saying we've got difficulties here mm. because people are getting to their ends, the ends of their lives and they're in situations where either they have to try and make a decision or somebody has to make a decision on their behalf when they're all traumatised right. because this person is, is about to be yeah. you know, gone mm-hmm. in this form yeah. you know, however you, whatever you believe in and, um, and, and we need to start this dialogue and I pondered on that for a bit, like I do with quite a lot of things. And then I thought, I remembered and realised, ironically, it's, it's seven years tomorrow since I lost my, my dad. Right. And, um, which is just a coincidence coming in here at this time, but it's yeah. apt. Um, and he, because he was a, well, he would have won the Olympic medal for worrying, uh, but because he was a worrier and because he was determined he was going before my mum, mm. because he wouldn't have wanted to be here on his own, um, he did a lot of things to prepare so financially and practically around the house, he made sure the house was, you know, sort of secure and nothing was, you know, going to be too big a job for mum to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm an only child, so there's there's only me to sort of pick those those things up as well. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, him and he was 82 when he when he died. My mum's 89 now. So they had the old-fashioned relationship of work and and life and home balance yeah. to some degree, not entirely, but. Um, so he was the financial kind of manager, and but he would bring mum in and say, "Look, you need to understand this. You need to learn about this. You need yeah. to know about this." Um, you know, once a month or whatever, and, and they'd just explore where they were at and, and all those kind of things. And after he died, it dawned on me what a great help that had been to all of us, both practically and emotionally. Yeah, and we didn't have all the hymns or songs that he wanted worked out. Ironically, as we got to talking. We discovered a song that we'd forgotten that he loved, and it was a song I would never have imagined associated with my dad. But but that's what we we had played, um, and but it was just the the idea when I started to think about that, and then I started to think about the the workshop things, and I thought that's what we're missing. We're missing the aspect of let's let's be truthful, let's face it, because it's coming, and we don't know when it's coming. Yeah. So we have a tendency to think, oh, it'll be years away, yeah, I've got loads of time to do everything. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, it might not. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope it is for everybody that wants it to be so, but it may not. Um, and if we've, if we've asked ourselves those questions, and we've asked our loved ones those questions, when that time comes... There's, a, there's a, a definite... The grief won't change. You can't take the grief away. But you can take away some of the stress and anxiety about are we doing what this loved person wanted? Yeah. Are we fulfilling their wishes? Not just in terms of where do they want to be, to be laid to rest and how do they want that to happen? But were there other things in their life that they would have liked for us to do? Yeah. Um, and that got me exploring what's out there, what's available, and I've now discovered there are numerous new ways of, of dealing with the, the physical self when we're no longer walking around in it. In, in what way? What do you mean? Oh, there are, well, have you heard of um, the mushroom suits? No. Mm, or we can be put into a, a suit that is effectively made of um, mushrooms, which are a fungi, mm-hmm. and that will 
compositely break down our bodies without us having to be placed into either you know a a coffin and a grave or into a a, a situation of a, a crematorium which i just thought you know, I want those choices. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I, you don't know. Yeah, these if are. If you things, don't know they're there, how no, can that's you... right. And, and you don't, and you don't. Yeah. And people don't. You close yourself off to it because a lot of people are like because they don't want it to happen. Absolutely, and I understand that. It's not that I want to um, suggest it's any anything. You know, it's it's very painful. I have plans for tomorrow with, to spend with my mum. You know, yeah. seven years ago, it hasn't gone away. Yeah, of course. You know, we've adapted to living without him, but it doesn't. Being prepared for it, I think, actually, there's more of an oppression by not facing it yeah. than there is to face it and say, do you know what, we've got all that sorted out there, we've got wills, we've got this in place, we're all right, let's get on with living now, let's yeah. get out there and do what we want to do and know that if and when you know it comes sooner than we That's wished, all sorted, it's, sorted. it's over there now. Yes. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great yeah. concept and it, and it is a metaphor for the rest of life, isn't it, if, in terms of... Other anxieties that you might have, other things that you really bury your head in the sand about yeah, or worry about. Definitely. Like in terms of if you approach it, if you like you, your your phrase, if you turn towards it, yeah. you know, then then actually you can work through it, and then you can release that really in I, terms of that worry or that absolutely. stress about and it. And what is there bigger than than the point when there are no more decisions to be made? Yeah. Up to that point, we can make decisions all the time and just because we make a plan doesn't mean to say we can't change it no that's right yeah. you know so it's not um it's not that it's um a finite set of conditions that we're we're you know putting super glue on yeah um but it's it's just sort of getting us to say hang on a minute what what do you want to happen and, and what happens if you know you're in an accident or you're ill you know, you, you pick up some horrendous virus. Mm. Something that we're not anticipating, rather than old age and, in, you know, yeah. frailty and... That you puts know. you in a position where you can't then necessarily make those choices. Absolutely. Someone is making them for you. Absolutely. Which is a big stress on them. Huge. As, you know, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, as well as you not getting what you ultimately would have wanted to happen. Yeah, so, definitely. So in terms of then... So mm. so this is, an, this is an opportunity for people to use that... Um, release to focus on other things and live their life more to the full then yeah so what i've created is something whereby we we spend the morning looking at that but in a positive way a practical positive way um because there are things that people don't know you know if you've cohabited even if you have children without a will if you if one of you is to you know departs dies um, they, the other person has no legal rights whatsoever to your assets, your church, your shared assets. Really? Absolutely. Wow. Which is terrifying. It is terrifying. Even if you've been thirty years together and you've got children together, and if that had, if there'd been a former relationship, they would actually have more rights. Had you been married, yeah, there, there would be more oh, rights there. That's crazy. Isn't so it? there's all those things that yeah. I thought people really need to be aware. This yeah, is not yeah. about the sadness of it. This is about the no, practicalities no. Yeah. and the. And the uplift of of feeling that you're safe, feeling that you've you've put your it's almost like a springboard, isn't it? It's giving yeah. yourself a little springboard to it's just putting so, everything in order in a nice yeah in a nice way. So then, so then, what do you focus on after that? Then? So the afternoon, then we flip that on its head and we we look at what are we going to do between now and then? Yeah, whenever then comes. So that sounds so quite it's a, uplifting. It's, it's, oh, very much. I mean, both both parts are. I'm, yeah, you can probably pick up from me. I'm quite a you are very, positive person. You are very, yeah. yeah. Um, even though, you know, I, I've 
struggle with my own health. I've I've gone through anxiety. I've gone through chronic fatigue. I've you know I've literally been climbing up the steps on my hands and knees at times in my life. So you you know I've had to work to get here. Yeah. And it's not a permanent thing because life's not like that. Incremental steps, isn't it? Yeah. You know it is about incremental steps. It is. But what I really like is the afternoon session that you're saying about yeah. and giving people that kind of um, opportunity to look at well, what do we want to do then. Mm. It like. I, I think there are so many people, a massive proportion of society, that don't think about those things. That, ge- that they might they might look at one or two. If I could get that, I'd be happy. Yeah. But there's usually it is one of those, um, you know, um, a material thing. Absolutely. Of if I get that, yeah. I'll be happy. Yeah. And it's like you know, it's it's not happiness isn't a state you're trying to yeah. get. You work. know, it's not on a day on a certain day. Right, I'm going to buy that car and. Yes, buying that car might give you that um, pleasure. Yeah, give you a buzz for a while and and that's lovely. Then all of a sudden you're used to it, you know, however many days, weeks, months later. Exactly. It just becomes, that's the norm, isn't it? That's where the heart comes in. So, okay. Because it's not about external things, it's about internal things. Right. So it's about what fills us up internally, what brings us that peace and that ease and that ability to live, you know, feeling serene and, and, and... you know, that our life's a pleasure, that we're not constantly chasing something else, because it can be a pleasure when you haven't got everything that you think you'd like yes, absolutely. On, your, on your wish list. So, so what are some of the things, we've, we've got about five minutes left, Okay. what are some of the things then that people, you don't, you don't need to personalise it, but that people do come up with that, that, makes, their own, that makes their heart happy then? Um, do you know, that's interesting, because I don't know that I could give you specific things, because again, it's more to do with... Um, I think for me, because I'm not, um, it, it's rare that you will work with someone and there's an end point when they're all singing, all dancing, yeah. because that would be unrealistic as well, sure. because even if they were, a week later, you know, our human yeah. emotions are meant to ebb and flow, mm-hmm. we're not meant to just be climbing up a, an ever, you know, ever-rising pyramid and never dropping off, yeah. that's not how life works, no. um, you know, in, in the past sometimes there was food and sometimes there wasn't. It's interesting because you know, what I was thinking, where, where I was thinking was things like, I was trying to think, of, I was all the way through this, I've been thinking of non tangibles. Right. So, kind of, oh, let's look at it. Or non materialistic, let's say. So, yeah. I was thinking, so, spend, I, mean, I know it's one of the most obvious things to say, but spending time with my kids mm-hmm. is, um, you know, something that fills me with happiness. Most of the time, <laughs> yes, of course. You know, yeah. but but actually, spending time with my kids in certain situations, I'm putting myself in a much more opportunistic position to have fun with them. Yes. So if I'm if we're painting, yeah. You know, if we did, they're two and five. Yeah. So if we're painting something, you know, they love that. Yeah. Or like Alfie's two and a half, like playing with water. Yes. Just yeah. plonk him in front of a bucket of water. Mm. And sit down and play with him. He'd play all day, yeah. you know. So I maxim. I know I can maximize my opportunity for happiness yeah. by doing that with him. But that's a joy of the heart, as opposed to like a exactly, you know, buying a car. So if he never learned that material items were supposed to make him feel happier, yeah. Wow. Yeah. When he was older, yeah, he would take a run into a pond a lake a river a stream yeah and he'd have the same childhood reaction that he had when he was when he was a little boy yeah it's because we're we're brought up sadly um you know to sort of think that we need things achieve we need that external get things. to that yeah whether yeah. they're you know material items or their status 
you know, positions yeah. of, of work or... Even qualifications. Exactly, yeah, that's, work. that's it, yes. Yeah. And, and yeah, don't get me wrong, you know, that's all part of life's tapestry. It's all part of the things that make us who we are. Yeah. And if we didn't do those things, we wouldn't meet people and we wouldn't have other opportunities. So we have to, you know, we don't want no, to be... No, I agree. You don't want to isolate yourself away from those things because... Because that's life, isn't it? But but it's about asking whether those things really do fill the heart. And if they don't, then what does? And for most pe- people, I think when it comes back to it, there's a sense of... There, there's a need to drop the fight for the things you can't change. So to develop a sense of acceptance. Mm-hmm. That's not meaning that we have to um, bow down to things that we really don't approve of or agree with. But sometimes... Even sometimes, just in the short term, there is no, no, nothing tangible that we can do to change a situation. Yeah. And so the only thing we do is change how we react to it and behave around it. Yes. Um, so there's that, I think, getting back to nature. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're from nature. We've yeah. started to somehow decide that we're separate to all the other beings on the planet, and I, I can't get my head To hide that. ourselves away. And, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like, because we have a thinking brain, we're somehow... Yeah. Different, and we're, and we're not part of the you know the bigger the bigger world, but we are. Yeah. You know, we our bodies work in cycles, and we live with seasons. And you know, if you if you really tap into that, you know, and, and you look at how we've we developed to the idea of twenty four clock, when you know that's that's questionable. Yeah. Is that really such a thing? Or did somebody just? Yeah, I I was th- I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, who who decided that? <laughs> who decided? It's strange, isn't it? But. Yeah. I mean, um, so I think nature, and then I think that for me the biggie is is some quiet time. Whether you want to call that mindfulness, meditation, just stillness, just some time without all the distractions, all the social media things, yeah. all that. I'm I'm very low on social media. Mm-hmm. I have little bits and pieces of it, but it's really not my thing. Yeah. And I'm sure that that's because of my my yoga. But that's great. That I, yeah, I think it's. I think if you can compartmentalize it almost if you have you know if you need it for work or, yes absolutely. you know then, then actually but it's this I had a conversation with a group of people the other day about this and said uh what's the first thing you do in the morning and they went oh well, I, I pick up my phone yeah. and I check check Facebook yeah I'm like why what yeah. for you know it was a really interesting discussion yeah. but um yeah it's like I think checking it, the news and then that starts your day of being really depressed yeah it's never filled with anything really lovely not is it? really no positive news channels yeah but generally speaking it's it's usually some awful situation that happened somewhere that's or, right you know and, and so you start your day off with a with a, a quite a big sense of hmm, you know that's not really you've 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 taught me loads there uh, and i'm sure people listening have learned <laughs> a lot there so look you know thank you so much for coming in and, and talking to me um i've just said we've just said about social media but how can people get in contact with you or, or um, find you? Or right, that? okay, best thing is, is my website, really. Um, so chooselifecoaching.com. Brilliant. Um, phone number 07946089353, which is my work number anyway, and email chooselifedebbie at gmail.com. Perfect. Well, look, thank you so much for coming in. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, as for me too. Thanks. Chris. Lovely, thanks. Thank you again to Debbie and thank you to you guys out there for listening. Please follow me on Twitter at MentalComs, uh, Instagram Mental Conversations. Please go onto iTunes and other podcast places and rate the podcast and subscribe. Um, and another episode will be winging its way to you soon. Cheers. <laughs>